Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Stay at Home Thad. Welcome, everybody, to Stay at Home Thad. So glad that you have joined me yet again this week. And we have probably the most prominent guest. No offense to previous guests, aka my buddies, who've been on the Stay at Home Thad show, but I'm joined today by Tori Petri. Tori is the former sideline reporter for the Detroit Lions. She really wore a lot of hats while she was working with the organization. But Tori, thank you so much for joining me today on Stay at Home Thad. How are you doing? I am doing great, especially after that intro. Thank you for making me feel so special. Of course. Kind of you. Of course. Um, No, it is my honor to be on your podcast because it was something we talked about before it was even a real life thing. So it's so fun to be able to chat with you on your actual podcast. Thank you Uh, for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. I reached out to Tori a little bit towards the end of last year and just said, Hey, I want to do something. Can you steer me in the right direction? And she said, Hey, you should start a podcast. So here we are about 15 episodes in stay at home. It's a real thing. So Tori, let's, let's jump right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got to be the Detroit Lions sideline reporter. Tell us a little bit about the journey that brought you to that place. Sure. So, um, well, how far back do we want to go? I guess, uh, all the way back in high school, I, um, had to choose an elective for school, Mm -hmm. put down a list of electives and a list of ones that I wanted, uh, TV was nowhere on that list, but somehow I got placed in a TV productions elective Nice, it was not one of my requests. And, uh, I would like to think that that, uh, was divine because I ended up falling in love with it. Uh, and so I was on this team of students that put together a video that happened to be sports related. And I was an athlete myself in high school and uh, the package ended up winning a student Emmy. And from there I was hooked. I knew that that was what I wanted to do. Um, I decided to go specifically to a college that, uh, had a reputable broadcasting program. I tried out the hard news route. It was absolutely not for me. I cannot do the hard news thing. Um, and I knew that I loved sports. I loved competition. I loved the a passion behind it and how it brings people together and just kind of the, the, the release that, that sports is for a lot of people. And, um, so I wanted to be a part of that. And so all of my involvement in school, even though they didn't necessarily have a sports broadcasting major, all of my involvement outside of my classwork was in sports and, um, I did internships and all that kind of thing. And just absolutely, wanted to work in the sports broadcasting world. Um, and then after I graduated, the job with the Lions came open. I found the job online, applied for it, and uh, somehow ended up in Michigan. Um, another divine thing, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I just was so lucky to be able to get that job, uh, moved to Michigan from Florida, and had the most amazing seven years uh, working for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's awesome. And and so you were with the team for seven seasons. Um, and before we jump into kind of you actually covering the team, you had 
at, at one point you actually played a little bit of football as well. <laughs> did you like, that's, that's correct. Right. That's a real I thing. Did. That happened. I did. Yeah. I mean, I covered Gator football in college. I was like, you know, I know football. I went to an sec school. Like we live and breathe football at right. sec schools. I was like, I'm good on my football knowledge. And then you get to an NFL team and you're eat, eating, sleeping, breathing football every single day. It is your job to know it inside and out. And I was like, you know what? I want to be the best at my job. And how can I do that? I want to know football even better. And so I decided that I was going to join a women's football team. It kind of happened by accident. It fell into my lap. It wasn't something that I sought out. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at a coaching conference, actually. It's like where a lot of high school coaches go and learn from college coaches, get some X's and O's, some schemes, that kind of thing. And I was just kind of sitting in the back, like just listening in, trying to you know, learn and take in as much as I could to get to know the X's and O's a little bit more. And a coach approached me and was like, do you play football? Because let me tell you, I was sticking out like a sore thumb. There was yeah. not another female within 50 yards of that building. Wow. Um, and so he just assumed like, well, if she's here, like she must. Right. And so he asks me, and I was like, mm, no. And uh, he recruited me right there no for way. the women's football team that I ended up playing for. Um, great guy. Loved playing for him. Coach KT. Cool. Um, I played cornerback for him right. for two years. But the reason why I joined the team was because I wanted to be able to, to know football better. And what better mm-hmm. way to do that than just like doing it myself, getting out there on the field, feeling what it feels like to give and take a hit, to watch right. a play unfold um, from the secondary, it was, it was so much fun. I loved it. That's awesome. And there actually is a YouTube highlight <laughs> reel of some of your top plays. So maybe I can link that in the show notes or something like that, but yeah, that's so yeah, cool. That- I love that, you know, to, to immerse yourself in it, you, you literally just threw yourself into the game of football so that you could Absolutely. understand even at Why a deeper not? level. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you. Now, seven years with the team, there's probably hundreds of, of stories or, or people that you could highlight, but who are some of maybe your favorite people that you either covered or interacted with while you were at the team, or, or maybe even a couple of your favorite stories from uh, being a part of the Detroit Lions organization? Mm, man, so many good stories and lots of favorite players too. Sure. Um, I will tell this story. I actually don't even know who the player was because it happened so early on in my Lions tenure. I okay. did not know the whole roster at this point. Right. Um, but, and it, it, I wouldn't tell you who the player was, even if I did know, but yeah. I don't. Um, <laughs> but it was my, oh goodness. First week on the job, we had a preseason game um, all the way across the country It was a red eye flight home from California and I, you know, there's 90 guys on the roster in, in, uh, the preseason. It was the first preseason game. I didn't know all 90 guys. I was very new. They didn't know me. I hadn't like met all of them. They didn't know that the Lions had hired a team reporter. The Lions had never had a team reporter before, so they didn't have a concept of this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I get up in the middle of the night on the plane, on this red eye plane back to Detroit to go to the bathroom or something. And one of the players stops me and asks me if I could please get him a sandwich. Oh no. (laughs) Because he thought I was a flight attendant. Oh no. How did you respond? Um, I think I said, um, I'm not a flight attendant, but I'll go get her for you. (laughs) Oh no. That's wild. Um, But I mean, it's not, it's not, uh, no diss to the player. Like I said, 
can't even tell you who it was now. They just weren't used to it. Um, right. That just speaks to how few women were around NFL teams, like in like embedded with the team. Of course, right. you have people on ESPN, on Fox, things like that. But as far as like being embedded with the team, it wasn't as prominent as it is now. Right. Uh, you know, now eight years later nearly every NFL team has a female reporter, um, mm-hmm. on their reporting staff, which is so cool to see. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that common when I first started and clearly right. that player was not expecting it. I mean, granted I was, I was wearing a dress that was kind sure. of like, you know, that like darker color that right. flight attendants typically wear, uh, yeah. but you know, that's hey, awesome. That oh, is too funny. Favorite stories. <laughs> now in terms of like favorite players, can you highlight, I mean, you, there's probably hundred that you could talk about, but is there like three or four that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would say one of my favorites to work with was Glover Quinn. He oh, was yeah. just so good at talking. Um, he played safety for the lions if, mm-hmm. um, for people who, you know, for non lions fans, yeah, maybe yeah. non lions fans. Mm-hmm. Um, great guy, just an amazing man. First of all, just like very, kind, generous with his time. He would stand at his locker every Wednesday and hold court with the reporters for the entirety of the open locker room Mm. session, which, you know, was like 40 minutes long. And he would talk the whole entire time every Wednesday without fail. And Mm. a lot of guys avoid that time in the locker room because they don't want to get caught by reporters, but he would openly talk and ask any questions. There was never a dumb question with him. He was always Mm. willing to uh, take the time and was just very gracious. Um, So Glover Quinn, definitely a favorite, another favorite Darius Slay, because he just was always making me laugh. Um, you know, I, I feel like it was always just a good time interviewing Darius. Mm. Um, and you know, obviously an incredible honor to interview guys like Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders, just being able to stand alongside those guys and, you know, say that I, I worked with them was just so much fun. Both guys just very humble and Mm super willing to, you know, be kind to reporters. I mean, I know talking to reporters wasn't Calvin's favorite thing, but he was always kind to me. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, Matthew Stafford, I mean, he has to be on the list too. I loved getting to know not only him, but his family as well and all the things that they did for the city of Detroit. I mean, Mm -hmm. they just did so much off the field and I got to do some stories on that along the way. And I think that is what impacted me the most about the Stafford family is just how much they cared about the people in Detroit. Oh, that's awesome. I I love, I love hearing kind of those behind the curtain, uh, portrayals of these players. Cause I mean, for people like me and, and you know, normal fans, we, we see them on the screen. We see them on the, the highlights on the, you know, the, the clips on Twitter, whatever, but to kind of get that, uh, behind the scenes, uh, um, perspective of them. Like that's, that's so cool. And, and love hearing when people are, you know, like guys like Barry Sanders and Megatron, like they have that reputation as being stand up guys and, and to, to hear that it goes beyond just kind of what's the, the, the um kind of the reputation but to know that that's that's legitimate like people that know them it's it's actually a real thing so that's really cool to hear yeah and i think that that was always something something that is important to me in sports is helping people see athletes as human beings and not just as entertainers um because these are guys that have families and they have personalities and they're real people and right. i think 
that a lot of times, especially with things like fantasy football, we just start to see them as, you know, part, part of our Sunday entertainment, a cog in the machine. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And these are real guys. And I, as the team reporter got to be in the building with them every day and just being able to see them on a more human level. It's always been my goal that when I talk to a player as a reporter, when I'm doing an interview, I want to make them feel comfortable to be themselves. And in turn, the fan gets to see them being themselves because they feel comfortable being themselves around me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always been my approach to sports reporting. And that's the aspect of it that I love so much is letting fans see these guys for who they really are. Right. I love that. That's so cool. Thanks. That's, that's a really great uh, response just for people like me who are interested about hearing stuff like that. So I, I appreciate you sharing about that. Yeah. Now draft season, we are in the, I mean, the final weeks of it, it's coming up here on the 28th, I think it is uh, Thursday, the 28th or something like that. But uh, you, you had the privilege of covering several drafts for the lions. Do you have any favorite draft memories from your time working with the lions? Oh my goodness. I loved the NFL draft. It was always the most exhausting weekend of the entire year. Um, but also so much fun. I love the draft. It is so cool because it's people's dreams coming true. right? Right. I mean, being able to be a small part of that and talking to a player, being one of the first people to interview them after they've seen their life goal be achieved Mm -hmm. is absolutely such an honor and so much fun to be a part of. Like it gets me fired up just talking about it because I just, I love that aspect of sports and, um, you know, I got to be a part of so many cool ones. It, uh, the draft had started to be in Chicago by the time I started with the lions and, um, then obviously moved on from there. And I went to Dallas, I went to Nashville, Mm. um, Philadelphia, you know, when the draft continued to move cities, that was so much fun. The Nashville draft was so well done. I absolutely loved that draft so much because they did a really good job of capturing the feel of the city and it like really encompassing how it felt to be in Nashville, uh, Mm. for the draft. And then Obviously, COVID years draft looked so much different. Um, it was all on Zoom, right? Yeah, exactly. So, the last uh two years that um I covered the draft, so 2020 and 2021, um, the draft, uh, my part of the draft at least was virtual. Um, in 2021, I stayed behind in Detroit and covered it from there. Um, Mm. and we did a live show, um, all, all of the days of the draft, which was really fun too. That was something that was cool that came out of COVID was being able to do a lot more live productions. Right. And, um, our team just absolutely crushed it. Got to give a shout out to Derek Heitman. He was our producer behind all of those live shows, uh, during the draft and everything And the COVID year. Um, (laughs) that was the wildest draft ever. I mean, even though it, I was, I was always on scene. I was always the first person to interview this guy when he comes off the stage, um, you know, outside of like network TV, like that was so much fun to be able to do. And then the COVID year happened and we had to rethink everything about how we approached the draft. And Derek had this incredible setup in his apartment that was like, 
I don't even know how many monitors he had so many different monitors, so much equipment. And he's operating this entire live show from his house. I'm in Florida staying with my family. I was quarantining there in Florida. He's in Michigan in his apartment alone. And the two of us just basically did the draft show together and just be able to pull that off. Obviously a lot of helping hands went in as well. Um, but I do have to give Derek so much credit because, um, that was a wild year and it was so much fun to see how just, you know, we were able to make the draft still a really cool experience for mm-hmm. fans, especially because it was a time when there wasn't a lot to be positive about. It was right. April of 2020. Yeah. We hadn't really been in lockdown for that long. Granted, it felt like a long time. Oh, yes, it sure um, did. We all needed something to look forward to. And the draft was that. And, um, you know, we got to be part of like bringing this little piece of joy into people's lives Mm -hmm. at the time. And it it took so much work to pull that off. And um, the fact that we were able to was just so cool. So that is honestly one of my favorite draft memories, even though, um, even though it was a very weird year, but I also did really enjoy I, I did really enjoy, I think it was Philadelphia when we drafted Jared Davis because I'm a Gator and right. I knew Jared Davis in college. So, oh, cool. Uh, that was fun for me too. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the NFL draft is, even though it's not an actual game, like a, a competition, it, it is one of my favorite sports moments in the calendar yes. year. So always, so always great to look forward to that. So, so and maybe we should touch on this just a little bit too. Like Detroit is getting the draft in 2024 yes. as somebody who lived in that city for seven years, covered the team there. What, what does Detroit getting the draft mean to not just the lions, but the city of Detroit? Oh my goodness. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this because there is so much that goes into getting a bid for the draft. Mm-hmm. And the Lions getting the draft bid in 2024 isn't just something that happened this year. This has been something that's been in the works for mm. years and years and years. Really? That many different people have, you know, contributed to and, um, you know, helped become part of making the plans for that. Mm-hmm. Um, some people that still work for the Lions, some that no longer do. And right. to be able to see this come to fruition and to see the Lions actually get to host the draft in 2024. Ah, it just makes me so happy because I love Detroit. I love showing it off to all kinds of people. I obviously right. live in a new state now and I sing Detroit's praises whenever I can. And mm-hmm. I go back whenever I can um, because I still have a lot of people that I really care about that live there. And, um, you know, to be able to know that the whole world is going to get to see how cool Detroit is, how much mm-hmm. personality it has, like that is just going to be so, so awesome. Um, I'm, I'm so pumped about it. I feel like I will definitely be making a trip back to Detroit. I was going to ask. Nice. I have to, um, I just, I, I love the draft and I love Detroit. So why wouldn't I, um, it's funny because I was just talking about this right before, um, it was announced that the lines were getting the draft, um, (laughs) a couple years ago, Oh goodness. It was maybe three or four years ago now, but, um, at one point the lines, you know, we're trying to get the draft in Detroit. This isn't, mm-hmm. like I said, this isn't the first time that they've tried and they were trying sure. at the time. And, uh, the, uh, team president, we, I was 
tweeting a press conference. That was a lot of what I did is I like tweeted quotes from press conferences and Mm -hmm. tweeted news and things like that. And so I tweeted like a, a quote from a press conference where someone said like, you know, we, uh, couldn't have the draft here because there was a date conflict with a, uh, robotics convention (laughs) and that they were having at Ford field. And I tweeted that and the robotics community came for me. No they were way. very upset that I called it a convention when it was a competition. <laughs> Although I was just tweeting the words that were said in the press right. conference and um, they were very upset and oh, no. wanted to tell me all about how robotics is so much better than the NFL <laughs> and how, you know, it's such a more useful skill than football. Yeah. And I, I mean, I am sure that there are way more people that make it in the STEM field than in football. And I totally get their defense of their passion, but it was just so funny because I was not meaning it as a slight to them at all. And they absolutely took it as a slight. And I was just telling that story to someone the day before we all found out that the draft was going to be in Detroit. So it was, that's hilarious. it, the, the lines finally get the draft. <laughs> yeah. And do you think you've made peace with the robotics community at the very no, least? No, I sure hope so. Every now and then someone will find that tweet that went viral with the robotics oh, community on. and I'll get another hate tweet from oh. uh, someone in robotics. But, um, you know, well, you I'll, with it. <laughs> I'll say this. The stay at home fad show does not stand for the robotics community attacking Tori Petrie. <laughs> We, uh, we do not appreciate that. And we call for that to stop. Well, there were plenty of people that did defend me um, good, good. in the robotics community. They were like, Hey, you know, that we want the robotics community to be all about like support and everything. Right. But right. The more defensive outliers uh, were not having it that I wow. called it a convention. It That's was a too funny. I don't think many people can boast that they've had major beef with the robotics community, but yep, apparently you can. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Well, Tori, that's, that's incredible. Now it was 2021, the last year that you were with the team, correct? Correct. I left in May of 2021. So the, it wasn't the draft. It was the schedule release. That was my last big thing that I did with the Lions in 2021. Wow. So for a lot of Lions fans, maybe they're wondering what is Tori (laughs) up to these days? So why don't you give us a little bit of, of where you're at? what you're up to, and maybe if people want to still follow you or, or check out stuff that you're doing, where they can find that information at. Sure. So I have transitioned into a little bit more of a freelancing life than, um, you know, working particularly for one organization. Um, it was really fun to do for seven years, but it was just time for a change up. And so now I do a bunch of different things, um, but in a more freelance capacity. So that includes sports broadcasting. Right. You were at the ESPN um, plus last year, right? For is it was, a Kansas yeah. TCU? It was, it was so much fun. Got to go uh, down to Texas for that game and had so much fun. And then like, you know, when Kansas won the basketball championship, I was like, well, I indirectly covered a national championship this year, right? Like it was was football, but you know, we'll, we'll give it the transitive property there. You can take credit for it too. I think, I think that's how that works. (laughs) Exactly. No, but that was so much fun. Such an honor to do that. Got to work with a very cool team. Mm -hmm. down there in Texas. Um, But then I also work in uh, social media management now. So I manage social media for small businesses and, you know, use all of what I learned about being on social media for my job at the Lions, um, help other people on social media. 
I also like run my own account now, um, that has taken a little bit more of a travel turn. Right. Um, It's always been something I've been passionate about. Even in Detroit, I would post about, Oh, you got to try this restaurant. You got to do this thing in Detroit. I think people knew that about me in Detroit, but then when I was no longer in Detroit, it became like, Oh, I can post about this in all kinds of different cities. And so that's been something that I've done documenting my travels, my recommendations, and even that itself has led into another freelancing job of mine, which is being a travel advisor. So now cool. I help people book some of those cool trips to the recommendations that I love nice. to give. Um, so just a bunch of different things, which is just a total change of pace because I used to um, kind of be on the same routine mm-hmm. every year. It was like, okay, this time of the year is the draft. This time of year is uh, OTAs this time of year is training camp. Then you have football season and, you know, it was same schedule every single year. And now it's totally unpredictable. I don't even know sometimes which job I'm going to be working on in a single day. And, um, while it is definitely an adjustment, it has been super fun for me just to, you know, have a change of pace and do something different. Um, I love both of them, but, um, you know, I just, it's fun to try something different every now and then. And it's been good for me. Good. Well, I'm really glad to hear that you are enjoying where you're at in life. And I am super appreciative again, that you took some time to join me today on stay at home fat. We didn't even get to talk about, you know, the Emmy that you won, not the student <laughs> Emmy, but you, you need to know that Tori did win an Emmy. Oh, is, I mean, this is, oh, there it is. Wow. <laughs> they can't I mean, see it, but yeah, this doesn't make for a great exciting. audio broadcast, but the <laughs> Emmy is actually in the zoom chat right now. That's, that's pretty cool. But no. Tori, I know that Lions fans, we miss you covering the team on a daily basis. You did such a great job for seven years, but I know that true Lions fans and maybe some of the nicer robotics community, we are pleased <laughs> that you are enjoying where you're at and thriving at what you're doing. And so once again, thank you so much. Really appreciate you joining us today to talk about your career, the Lions and everything in between. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so fun to talk about the Lions. I still do keep up with the team. Nice. Um, you know, I still will always have a place in my heart for the Lions. I am rooting for them. I am excited to see what they do in this year's draft. Me too. Um, I, it's crazy that it is coming up so quickly. And I, I can't wait to see what they do because obviously we all want them to have a better season than they did this last year. And I think that they will. I think that they will. I think they'll, you know, fill some holes on the roster in this year's draft and start developing some guys. And I'm excited yeah. about the future. I, I am very excited. I mean, we could jump into a whole nother podcast here. Probably. <laughs> exactly. I am very excited about Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, you know, even Sheila Ford Hamp, Hamp, right. Or ham. Yeah. Right. But I I'm, I'm really excited about the direction that the lines are going. I know we've said that in the past, but this time it, it it feels it just feels a little bit different somehow. And I can't put my finger on it, but I, I'm excited. I, I think there's a lot of great things to look forward to. So, yeah, there there's some sort of tenacity there, mm-hmm. and you know, I, something I, about kneecaps or something. I don't I don't remember about that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I just think that the. It, Brad Holmes coming in and having that blockbuster trade and getting so much for Matthew Stafford and knowing that they had to build the future of the franchise. Um, you know, it, I think it just instilled a lot of confidence in him right from the get go. Mm -hmm. And even in a lot of the games that the Lions lost in 2021, they were competitive. They were scrappy. 
um, you know, they, they showed a lot of promise and they were developing a lot of young talent out there too. Like that is something that doesn't, uh, get a lot of credit when Mm -hmm. a team has a bad season is, you know, Oh, you know, they, they didn't have the results on the field, but it takes time for guys to develop in the NFL. It is a huge adjustment and getting that experience for those young guys last year. So valuable, so valuable. And, um, you know, I think that's only going to continue this off season as they have a full off season to work with this coaching staff. Um, A lot of them coming back too. Yeah. Coaching staff. So sorry, I cut you off. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Tori, again, thanks so much. And everybody listening at home, thanks for joining us again this week for this episode of Stay at Home Thad. We are back next week. I actually have another guest next week. Aaron Schatz from uh, Football Outsiders is going to be joining me next week. So I'm excited to have him on the show. But Tori, been great to have you with me today. Thanks so much, everybody. And I will talk to you later. Peace.